welcome to The Haunting Hour. My name is Tyler Brown. I am one half of The Haunting Hour. Joins, unfortunately, as always, my younger brother, Ryan Brown. How are you doing tonight, sir? Doing better than you because I'm better looking, as always. Also, Ty, not bad on the intro. What's with the hostility? I don't... (laughs) That was just the meanest thing you could ever say to me. Shall we? Um... Not to uh, jump into the wrestling talk already, but I like how you said one half of the haunting hour. Like we're one half of the, I'm going to say the SmackDown tag team champions, um, aka the Bloodline. Me and you, not as cool as Jimmy and Jay Uso, but and the only reason I'm talking about wrestling already is because the Royal Rumble's coming up, and you know how much me and Tyler just love the WWE and the AEW here at the haunting hour. We also went to a live show last night, so wrestling is just on the forefront of both of our minds. The show was awesome. It was at TD Bank in Boston. TD Bank? TD, what is it? <laughs> the TD, TD Garden? TD, who calls it? The, they used to call it like the TD Bank. Remember back when like the Celtics were going for That's the, what it's called, the, isn't it? It's the TD Bank. They do sponsor the Yeah. Garden. Yeah, but the um, TD Bank, baby. We went to, yeah, the Garden in Boston where the Celtics play. Yep. And uh, we saw most of the superstars that we wanted to see. It was like a weird Sunday show. I don't know what they call it. Yeah, it was like the super show. So it was just like a live event where they go on tour in between cities where they don't do Raw, SmackDown, and pay-per-views or whatever. So we got tickets for Christmas, um, and literally our seats were so f***ing close. I'm pretty sure, like, Liv Morgan could have, like, spit on me, and I would have felt it. Because I know you're just going to bring it up and talk about it for about five and a half minutes. Um, did anything happen, right, between you and Bobby Lashley last <laughs> night? <clears throat> yeah, so my boy Bobby Lashley, if you don't know who he is, just look up a picture real quick. The dude's carved out of freaking marble. Um, he looks like a Greek god. But anyways, he jumped up on his little, like, the corner of the ring and did his pose. And I did the pose at the same exact time as him. Then he pointed at me, and I was like, wait, you actually pointed at me? And he's like, he's like pointing again. He's like, yes, I'm pointing at you. And I was like, dude... Hell yeah, Bobby Lashley pointed me out in a crowd because of my awesome musculature. Right, Ty? I was so mad because I still had my coat on, <laughs> and you were wearing a cutoff. Damn right. And if I was doing the same thing, he would have been like... He would have been like, yeah, you guys are... Yeah, right there. Those two. Those two bros should be down here right now. Like, get a uh, tag team match going against... Hmm... You and I could beat the Viking Raiders. No. Have you seen their finisher? Yeah, that's a good point. We could beat... Nobody. We couldn't beat anyone, no. (laughs) Literally nobody on that roster. We would be on the the D list. We're just very short. I hate to tell you that, Ty. We're very short to be professional anything. Um, Not even close in that matter. But anyways, enough with the wrestling talk, even though I could talk about that all night, and I'm hoping this podcast transforms into a wrestling podcast one day. You never know. You ready to get into the spooky, Ty? Already. Because the first reviews of Scream have come in, and people are raving about it. And I'm probably just as excited to see this as I was for Halloween Kills. You are not more excited to see this. I don't think so, because I like... You're going you're gonna to vault the table here in a second, but I like Myers more than I like Ghostface. I would love to hear this logic there's i think there's something just super creepy about myers that he's like super tall and he just walks after you and he just wants to stab you for no apparent reason michael myers is very he's very like brutal like there's no you can't really he's like an unstoppable object 
Right, yeah. You, I feel like Ghostface, you could maybe get around. Like, throw a couple punches at his way? Yes. Okay. But I thought you liked Ghostface better than Myers. No, no, I do. I'm just, I'm trying to explain why I think, like, Michael Myers is so different than Ghostface. Oh, and That's why scary. I like gotcha. this, because this is way more realistic to me, especially if you've seen Halloween Kills. Not really. Well, at the ending? Yeah, not really realistic. But. I feel like we can talk about it, because it's been out for three months. Oh, right, yeah, so... Myers gets, like, shot a couple times, like, four or five rounds into him, gets beaten the shit out of him, stabbed, and he just gets up and kills everybody, because I don't think he's not human. He's, like, the more he kills, the more he turns into, like, an evil entity, demonic thing that you literally can't stop. Right, which is cool, but I think Ghostface and Scream, the Scream series, is cool because it has never been supernatural at all. Right, he's just a killer. Right. Freddy Mm -hmm. Krueger is supernatural. Um, Pennywise is from space yeah <laughs> jason Voorhees is he's a dead zombie corpse thing right yep exactly um and i just checked to see if scream had reviews up on imdb and and they don't dang it i does know it, does it have the stars yet or no nope are you serious no stars nope not yet God. just says release is coming soon what a bummer so it comes out this friday right it comes out the 14th, yeah. Yeah, this Friday. Come yep. out. So. Uh, Thursday night, actually. I'm sure there will be midnight showing somewhere. Yeah, so I'm hopefully going to I'm gonna get this episode out tomorrow. So comes out Friday. Everybody buckle up. I, I can't wait. I just want to see somebody get, like, brutally gutted. That's all I want to see. Also, Tyler just ripped a, uh, was that a pickleback shot? Oh, my God. <laughs> Ew. Gross. I was so stoked for just thinking about Scream this weekend, and I had to do it. Do you think he has the coolest costume of any, mo- like, movie monster of all time by a landslide i by think so too. a landslide he's so scary like i picture him walking through the door right now because we were in the basement and i'm picturing him coming in and there's nowhere to go ty i would just scream like as loud as i well pun but i would scream literally as loud as i could would you hide behind me like yep yeah <laughs> i think i tried to capture him in our little uh <laughs> he does thing here he does fall a lot like he gets he trips on rugs he, does. he like gets caught in curtains and shit which is why i also like him because he is just a human and I was thinking about it the other day, how bad it must hurt to get stabbed by his knife just once. I can't even imagine that. And not to, I'm going to segue here real quick, but I got some new ink today. I got a new tattoo and I was thinking about it when I was getting my tattoo. Um, cause that only goes like the rate or the needle only goes in like, like a millimeter or something. Yeah. And that hurts. Yeah. I can imagine a eight inch bowing knife going straight through your chest or like somewhere in your hip area, like in between your hip and like your, um, your ribs. Yeah, somewhere in there. Ooh. He's he's the kind of guy that would twist the knife. Like he's not just gonna go in and out and let you bleed out. He's just gonna stab and go straight up, like gutting a fish, or he's gonna just turn the knife over and over and over. Also, one more thing before I start. I was ready for the tattoo I got on my new tattoos, like a lower forearm one. I was ready for the tattoo. I was not ready for how it feels to have a shaved arm. Very weird. Have you ever had like a lower like your forearm shaved? Never. In my entire ah, life. Ah, yeah, it's, it's takes like a week to uh, to feel like decent. But I had to shave the whole thing because my arm hair is like thick as hell. So I had to shave the whole thing because it literally was like a line at the bottom of my arm. Oh, it would have looked like... It was... That was like, it would have looked terrible. I look, yeah, I look like an idiot. But it feels so weird. I don't like it. Actually, now that I'm like comparing your left and right arm, <laughs> it's it's kind of weird. You, you wouldn't should, know if you weren't looking for it. You should... Yeah, I mean, I that's a good point. I saw you at the gym earlier and I did not even say a word. It does look sick, though. You should post that up on the gram. I can and I will. See if people like it. Probably not. But all right, let's jump on into the spooky tonight. I'm ready to go. 
So tonight, Ryan and I will be discussing the Bell Witch of Tennessee. We have never covered a witch before in our 41 episodes, have we? We have not. And I was thinking about it tonight. I totally thought we published the Salem Witch Trials episode. Oh, you mean the episode that would have vaulted us <laughs> into stardom, but yes. it just didn't fucking record? If if somebody had a gun to my head and they're like, did you publish episode 30 or 31, the Salem Witch Trials? I'd be like, 100% I did, and I would be dead. But we never published that, so we've never had an episode about a quote-unquote witch, which I'm kind of very excited to talk about because I know Tyler's very afraid of witches for some ungodly reason. I don't know why. It's just an old lady. I don't know. It's not just the old lady. I love old ladies, and old ladies love me. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> it's just I don't know what it is with witches. It's the whole – they're pretty gross. Yeah, they got a so, big, big nose. Yeah, and I'm like, just I don't want you to touch me. Just – if you touch me, I will scream. Um, but then there's also the whole witchcraft and cultism and the things that can happen to you if you piss a witch off. And you wouldn't even know about it. Like, she'd be in her little basement and she'd be doing, like, a hex on you. And then bad things would just start to happen to you because the witch had it out. So before we start, um, do you have a favorite witch movie? Because I know in the past four or five years, they, they've, like, been coming out like crazy. I I am a very big fan of The Witch. Um, I forgot who the hell directed the same guy who directed The Lighthouse. Very big fan of that movie. I thought it was very well done, and it was like a spooky. It wasn't really scary in any aspect of the word scary, but it was like a cool spooky ambiance where like the devil turned out to be like an actual goat with who was with this girl the whole time. Awesome, but I do really want to see because I've heard great reviews about it. Hansel and Gretel. The new one that just came out? Gretel and Hansel? That one, yes. Yeah. I want to see that really bad because I think it's on Amazon now or maybe Hulu or something. So you can just watch it for free or pay like two bucks to rent it. But I heard great things about that and I hope that witch is creepy AF because that story has always scared me even since I was like a little child. I've seen it. It's not scary the way you think it might be. Like it's not like a witch in the woods that's stalking these two. Okay. But it's more like she's trying to get to... Uh, Gretel for spoiler I'm not gonna no no just for like she wants her to help her it's not like she's gonna eat them oh but some stuff happens where it's very close to the lore oh cool and it is very scary too like there's some parts that just make me cringe the bell witch is a little bit different although it did kind of incite the the mindset behind the Blair Witch really the movie similar idea yep cool so the Blair Witch was in the Black Hills in that, is that Delaware or something yeah it's one or of no the, Maryland Maryland yes. and this is Tennessee which is right next door all right so to understand the lore behind the Bell Witch we have to go back to the early 1800s so over 220 years ago so in 1801 John Bell moved his family from North Carolina to the Red River bottomland in Robertson County Tennessee settling in the Red River community which later became the present-day Adams, Tennessee, which is right near a place that I've always wanted to go. Hear nothing but good things. Nashville. Nashville. <laughs> oh, let me do a little honky-tonking, if you know what I mean. What, the Texas two-step? What is uh Yeah, the Texas two-step. That's, that's Texas, what I mean. Uh, I'm sure you can get away with it in Tennessee. Dude, I always thought Nashville was in Texas. You're... So that was like 20. An idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's valid. <laughs> So John Bell purchased um, a small part of land and a large house for his family. Eventually, 
the he did so well as like a fur trader that he his land grew to 328 acres. Damn, this guy had a good uh, chunk of change in his pocket, huh? He did good, and this this area of land is what uh, houses the Bell Cave. Oh, uh, okay. So he didn't originally have that when he bought the house. But once he had, but once that got the upgrade to all this land. Yep. Once he kept buying land and land, he eventually owns the area of the Bellwitch Cave. All right. So if nobody knows, there's like a, it's an underground cave system that's in this part of Tennessee, and it's said to be ridiculously haunted. Or Native Americans got buried there back in the day. Um, just all that good stuff that we like to hear about before like a haunting starts. One of the offshoots of the cave it was said that that's where they buried the indians themselves and when people went in they found bones so john and his wife lucy had three children after moving to tennessee they were very happy and very successful for the first 10 or 15 years when they moved there but after he purchased this 328 the 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 last parts of that 328 acres things started to go awry sounds like every marriage i've ever heard of so one day in 1817, John Bell was out inspecting his cornfield when he encountered a strange-looking animal sitting in a like one of the 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 middles of the two corn stalks. Oh God! So it was a combination of two animals. I want you to give me just a guess of what you think. I think I know what it is. Wasn't it a rabbit and a dog or something or a frog? A dog. Was it a rabbit and a dog? Very well done. Yeah. But it wasn't just like a a small like mid-sized dog it was a they said it was like a big german shepherd-esque dog that just got so it would come up like past my hip probably yep with a rabbit for a head (laughs) i'd be sprinting yikes so obviously he pulled his gun and shot it that's any true uh southern man would do anyone in the world if i saw a rabbit dog i would shoot him with like a 12 gauge i just hope you can mount it on your wall after that and be like look what i caught guys a giant rabbit (laughs) so sick um, but he did not hit it and then it just disappeared. So they don't specify if it just ran away or if it kind of vanished into thin air. So this is the first weird thing that happened on his land. Right. And people claim that that was the first encounter with the bell witch because she was a shapeshifter. So right after that happened, a few other people on the land started to see weird creatures and hear weird things. So we'll talk a little bit about those. John Bell's son, Drew Bell, the youngest son, was said to have approached a an unknown and weird-looking bird that was perched on a fence outside of the house. And when he yelled at it, it flew off, but it was, quote, of an extraordinary size. Okay. So we don't know if that's like six six foot wingspan, if it's like... Like Mothman? Right, like, like, like or feet. Jersey Devil, right. Yep. Okay, cool. We'll get this one. His youngest daughter, Betsy, mm-hmm. she was said to have seen a girl swinging from the lowest branch of a like a birch tree, and she was the girl who was swinging from the branch was wearing a really bright green dress, but Betsy could not really make out features of her face. Weird. I'm compelled to believe that the Bell Witch was a shapeshifter. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that was her, and she could turn into this bird, she could turn into this rabbit dog thing, and then turns back into a human. And then this last one, um, they had a one slave on the property named Dean. Okay. And he went in and out of town to visit his wife and family. And he claimed to have been followed four or five different times by a giant black dog. Jesus, sounds like serious black. Yes. So it also kind of sounds to me like it's uh, Pennywise. 
Like it's changing shape and form contingent on who it's approaching. Right. It's not the same feature. It doesn't have the same features. Right. Now I'm starting to think maybe it was changing shape to get closer to the family. Because I know the story a little bit and it kind of wants to like interject itself in this family. Maybe like the little girl was seeing another girl who she could hang out with. Maybe the son was super interested in birds. I don't know. And maybe this dude loved dogs. Right. So maybe it was like trying to get closer to them. For what? One was because it was trying to kill John Bell Sr. And two, it was trying to stop the marriage between Betsy Bell and her fiance or the man she was in love with. Yes. Correct. Which succeeded. Yes, that did. And, and, and John eventually did die, which, and he died under very strange circumstances. Indeed he did. Which is cool. So maybe he was just trying to infiltrate from the beginning. So after these people started to see these weird things around the property, um, a few weeks later they started to hear weird sounds like in and around the cabin itself. So the first things that they heard were knocking on the outside of windows and knocking on the outside of the log, uh, like the logs that made up the cabin. Tell me that's not how it begins in every horror movie. Well, what what is this as far as uh, a haunting goes? This, this is like is... an active, intelligent. Yes, but like if we're thinking about possession, right? The three stages. Oh, right. This is that infiltration that... Um, it first starts with the knocking and the rapping on the walls. And it's that's... just starting to come into your territory. And I think you just quoted Patrick Wilson, a.k.a. My dude. Ed, uh, Ed Warren. Warren. Yep. Oh, so, uh, side note, I posted it on Instagram. There's a new Insidious movie coming out. Um, the Dark Realm, Insidious, The Dark Realm. And it's also Patrick Wilson's debut for directing. And he's in the movie. Check out the trailer if you haven't seen it. Looks fucking amazing. So those strange knockings and tappings, they started to increase in frequency each night. So at first it was just randomly, but they started to hear it more and more and more as the time went on. Um, it said that Bell and his sons often ran outside to see if anyone was knocking on the glass, could not find or see anything. So in the weeks that followed that, the three Bell children began waking up frightened complaining that rats were gnawing at their bedposts. So they were hearing scratching and, and something biting at the wood bedposts. That's <laughs> that's not scary at all. Yeah, go back to bed, kids. That's horrifying, actually. Additionally, those same kids were said to have seen and felt their covers being pulled off of them, which happened in The Conjuring 2. I think they did a good job with that when... It was over in Eng oh no i think it was conjuring one remember the girl gets tugged like and she was like stop pulling me and then like the spirit's like no f this you're coming out of bed that's why i imagine was happening here with them except this was 1818 in like pre-industrial uh america which is terrifying i just want to touch upon the fact it is probably so freaking dark in that house pitch black it's Ele just fire electricity is not a thing at that point so it's like just try to imagine yourself in that bed and you hear the little, like, tapping on your bedpost and gnawing. Then you start to feel something tug at your blankets, and you can't see anything. Would you want to see, any, like, what was doing it? No, because that's, like, I think that's the scariest part of those situations is your mind's racing, and you're, you're picturing maybe the worst of the worst, or you're picturing what scares you in that moment if you ever had, like, a paranormal experience like this. But then you got to think about maybe if you turn the light on, it's something even scarier standing at the foot of your bed. Right, which you can't even really comprehend without seeing it. So as time went on, the bells started to hear faint whispering voices, which were too weak to understand, but sounded like a very feeble woman who start who, at first started uh, humming. 
specifically hymns. So we don't know if that's from the Bible. So we don't know (laughs) if that's mocking or if that's her trying to get people closer to her. Yeah. Just to like break down the the weird, like, I'm not a bad entity at all. Right. And everybody at that time was so religious. I mean, you got to think if somebody's singing hymns, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's probably a good person. I'll go chat with them for a little bit. Yeah, that's a that's a okay spirit. I can I can live with that compared to the other ones. Yeah. So the encounters escalated and the Bell's youngest daughter, Betsy, began experiencing brutal encounters with whatever the entity was. So it would pull her hair and it would slap her, often leaving welts and handprints on her face and body. The disturbances um, about which John Bell had vowed that his family were not going to discuss with anyone got to a point where he confided in one of his good friends, James Johnson. Now, Johnson was a skeptic, but he and his wife stayed over one night. And although things kind of started peacefully, uh, in the middle of the night, their bed covers were yanked off and then James was slapped. It said that he sprang out of bed, screaming, in the name of the Lord, who are you and what do you want? And all they heard was a like a really soft chuckle in response. The next morning, Mr. Johnson explained to the Bells that the culprit was likely an evil spirit, the kind that the Bible talks about. That's a quote. So the entity's voice strengthened over time, and it started to become actually loud, and you could actually understand what it was saying. It sang hymns, quoted scripture, carried conversations with itself, and once even quoted, word for word, two different sermons that were being preached at the same time in different locations. Oh, so it was like a Sunday afternoon, there was like a sermon going on somewhere, and... There were two different ones, and it quoted one and then quoted the other one. Jesus Christ, how'd they figure that out? Did they, like, write it down and then... Um, John Bell was a, like, a devout Baptist. Oh, so he knew the scripture that day? Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, God. This also sounds like this entity, Poltergeist Witch, whatever you want to call the Bell Witch. Her name was Kate, right? That's what people claim Kate, um, Kate... Actually, shouldn't really have a last name. They're trying to figure that out. Okay. So they did like it sounds like this entity. It took a while for it to gain strength. We figured out how to pierce the veil in that way. It could start talking loudly and like literally, you could hear her perfectly. Not just like little mumbles or a little like scratching on the wall. She got enough power where she could actually talk to you and you could understand her. Right, and we always talk about that pun bell curve. Right, so the the entity, whatever it was, is starting to rev up. It's just doing these small things to break down a person, yep. to break down how they feel, um, and it just feeds off of how negative that person's. It's kind of like a loop. It just feeds off how negative they're feeling, and then it goes up and up and up until at one point, it can do whatever and say whatever it wants. And I mean, it, again, pierce the veil or manifest, however you want to word it. Yeah. So maybe it was just feeding off of like when it would slap somebody or yank the covers, that fear they would emanate. Maybe it was just like grabbing that and it was just getting closer and closer to manifesting. Right. And I think it was just too weak to do anything. So that's why it was making those weird rat um, clawing noises. If I hear that in the middle of the night, I'm fe- I'm not positive at all. I'm just negative. I'm fearful. Oh, of course. So I'm just emanating negative energy and that if it can feed on that and then at some point it'll touch me oh, yeah, and my- then I'm just going to get more negative. So it's just that weird loop. <laughs> my heart rate's going to get to the danger zone if that's happening in my bedpost. So if you don't believe in the Bell Witch, um, an actual historical figure, Andrew Jackson, he was said to have um, encountered the Bell Witch. Right. And he was, the, he was a general at that time, right? Of the South. Yes. So this was before the Civil War. 
Andrew Jackson or John Bell knew Andrew Jackson. Yeah, so that's why Andrew Jackson went to the Bell Estate. Also, I'm going to sound like an app. Quinn's going to throttle me. Andrew Jackson became president, right? Yes. Okay. Once Andrew Jackson heard, like, through the grapevine that uh, an acquaintance of his, John Bell, Mm -hmm. was experiencing a, quote, uh, an entity, he and, like, 10 other people went to check it out. Okay. But it said that on his way there, when he got into, like, the actual bounds of the estate, that 328 acres, the horse-drawn carriage wouldn't move. What? At all. Well, the horses just stop? The horses tried to pull, but the carriage, the the wagon would not move. It was like stuck in mud, like what happens with me when I'm playing the Oregon Trail and my entire family dies because we're stuck in the mud and the ox can't pull me out. Well, that's why you never ford the river. That's very true. (laughs) Um, No, there was, it was just a a regular road. It was not in a swamp. It was just, the, the wagon would not move. And it just stopped. It just stopped. Yep. He eventually got to the estate, stayed one night. And then he was found the next day in Nashville, and he said he wouldn't talk about what happened. Oh, so he just dipped out of there. He The morning after, he and all the other people yep. just, like, hightailed it. Oh, I like that. So as Rye said, the Bell Witch, for some reason, did not like the alleged marriage, which was supposed to happen between Betsy Bell and um, a gentleman from town. And eventually, I think it got to Betsy so much that she broke off the actual engagement. So you got to think if the Bell Witch was this powerful, this smart, if she could recite scripture or sermons that were happening real time, it probably knew how to get into Betsy's head. It was probably telling her when she was like falling asleep at night, it would probably like whisper to her everything she didn't want to hear about her quote unquote new husband. Right. Like maybe he's unfaithful maybe or he's a cheater. He... You don't have what it takes to be a good wife. And it just broke her down this much. So that was in 1819. Shortly after that, in 1820, um, John Bell actually did pass away. So he, uh, on December 20th, 1820, he slipped into a coma and he lived for like six hours. But then the family like went out to get re, like, uh, resupplies. Yep. When they came back, he was dead. So after his death, the family kind of checked his room to see what, if there was anything awry or if anything like showed up. They found a small vial under his bed of a strange black liquid. So John Jr., this is f***ed up, um, he didn't know what it was. None of them, no no one did. And they didn't have any like weird reverse engineering biochemistry. Right. So he took two drops and he gave it to the cat to see what would happen. Jesus. Can you guess what happened? Uh, The cat died. It dropped dead. Of course. So right when the cat hit the floor, they heard a voice from down the hall say, I gave old Jack a big dose of that last night, which fixed him. I would jump out the window so <laughs> fast. John Jr. whipped the vial into the fireplace, which was like roaring. Yep. And it is said that the flames turned bright green. No way. That's like something that happens in like Harry Potter or like Pirates of the Caribbean. Which is witchcraft. And Pirates of the Caribbean is voodoo, which is witchcraft. That's true. This is documented just by the family, though, right? There was nobody else in the house at this time? This was, uh, There was people... It, it was said that there was, like... Because they wrote a book on this in 1880. Yeah. And they compiled a ton of f***ing references. Andrew Jackson is one of them. Oh, uh, like, first-hand accounts? They probably just... Yes, you know, the... tell me your stories. Dean, the slave, he was... He's one of the accounts. Gotcha. Um, but there are other people that visited. The Johnsons visited. Yeah, I'm sure when the story got out, people were probably flooding to this house. Very possible there's more people there that day, and the family wasn't just making 
that part of the story up. So the last part that just brings us all together at John Bell's funeral, which was like three days later, it said that because he was a pretty prominent fur trader and, and he was a pretty popular guy, uh, there were a ton of people who were in attendance. And it said that the majority of them heard in the distance when he was being lowered into his grave, yep. some laughing come out of the woods. Oh, no. No, no, no. Don't like that. After that, when the bells went back to the house, there was really no more experiencing and, and activity. So, like, the bell witch accomplished what she came to do. So, I'm thinking that her, or whatever its goal was, was John Bell. First, I think maybe he took her land. Maybe he was out exploring his land one day, and he went into the Bell Cave. Yeah. Maybe she was buried there next to the Native American Indians, or maybe she was just like an offshoot. Yeah, and maybe he like desecrated it by some. Maybe weird he just way. brushed some of the bones away. Maybe he thought they were animal bones. I don't know, but it sounds like she wanted him dead. Yeah, and that's the part of the story that you're never gonna really get answers to unless you figure out who this Bell Witch actually was. She kind of sounds to me like one of those ethereal, weird entity beings, like a a water or dirt spirit or something. Not a dirt spirit, but like a... Like Avatar an, Like an earth spirit or something that's like more like, primal than just a human entity. Right, like earth, water, fire, air, those types of and like natural elements that people believed could, were actual entities at one point. The Native Americans controlled them, yeah. That that's that was like what they believed in. Correct, yeah. So maybe she was even like a sub-genre of one of these huge entities. Yes. I'm thinking too, maybe the Native Americans, they worshipped her when they had the land. And then when they were kicked off the land by all the, the white settlers coming in, yep. maybe they either sit like, kind of like a dog, sicked them on the person that took the land or... Maybe the entity did it willingly because it was like you took the people who were worshiping me, which were giving her, which was giving that entity power. Right, and now I'm gonna come after you. Right, now I'm gonna take my power, God, which it was John. That was just John Bell, who he didn't get greedy, but he just had so much land and he didn't really know what was on the land. Right, and I, I say that probably does have some merit. Her, or I'm not, I'm gonna call it her. Um, she was like this very powerful being because it sounds like she could go through space and time at some point and go hear a sermon. And stop time and then come back and recite it to you, even when it's going on. And if she can do that, no doubt in my mind she can grab a vial out of like the cabinet and drop a couple droppers worth in somebody's mouth if they're in a coma. Or make them do it themselves. Right, yeah. And my only question about that, the whole family left the house and when this dude was in a coma? I think what they meant was the the mom and like the and Betsy who were really taking care of John yeah. went to the store. And I'm assuming that he was alone for a couple of minutes when his sons went out to do something to like get or... wood or yeah, to tend. It was a huge estate. It was a big property. Right. Yeah. Okay. So maybe they were just out trying to get something for their dad. But I'm at, at one point he was alone for an unknown amount of time. Maybe the fire was dying. It was a little bit chilly out that evening or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm back. I'm back on train here. I like it. Can you imagine hearing that voice from down the hall saying, I just did to... Old John Bell uh, gave Jack a couple drops. Yeah. God, that is what, that makes that scary. I feel like she's more powerful than what she leads on, especially the shape-shifting in the beginning. I think she was, it just seems like she was just toying with the entire Bell family until she was bored. Maybe this was just like a one-time hit. Like She's like, yeah, I'm going to go do this for fun, and then I'll yeah. get back to my real work this afternoon or something. Wow, that is wild. I also know one story of, I think it was John Bell, he 
when it started to like really ramp up, he invited Kate, the quote unquote bell witch, to jump into bed with him. And he felt something like a snake slither through his legs and come up into his chest. Then he wrapped it up in the bed sheets and tried running it over to the fire and throwing her in. He then like threw the sheets and nothing came out. So I was like, dude, f*** that. That is, that is horrifying. I know. I can't imagine just holding on to like a writhing sheet. And it's nothing like... It's and when you try to throw air. it into the fire, yeah. So no. that's what I mean. I feel like she, she could have killed... I feel like she could have killed anyone at any point. No, I'm sure. But maybe she just needed more of their essence and energy. So she just toyed with them. Or like, yeah, like you said, she was just doing it for fun. And although the the bell, the building that they were in is gone, mm-hmm. the land is still there and the cave is still there. Right. I actually looked it up before we started the episode. Um, I looked up like a little bit about the Bell Witch Caves and stuff. Not only are you going underground, which is a big, big no-no here at the Brown Brothers Haunting Hour, don't go underground for any reason whatsoever. They charge you like twelve fifty to go inside the cave. So I'm paying you to go underground to pretty much get killed. That's what you're telling me. There's no reason to ever go underground no. at all. Not even, not even just to go look at, look in there. Not even for a second. No, go watch the descent, and then tell me you're gonna go walk through the Bell Witch Cave. Hell no. I, the, I wouldn't even go in the daytime. No chance. Nope. Um, the house isn't standing anymore, right? No. Okay, I didn't think so because I looked up a picture of what the house looked like. We're gonna post one on Instagram for this episode. You'll you'll be able to see it, but. If you don't follow us on Instagram, just type in the Bell Witch House or John Bell's House. Holy f*** is this place creepy. All right, let's finish up the episode with where would you rate this on the Brown Brothers uh, scare scale? If you had to sleep in the John Bell's house, if it was still standing, Mm -hmm. so you have one night in that house, would you be afraid? Like in 2022? I forgot what year we're in pandemic's got my brain scrambled in 1819 yes i would be horrified i think it would be even scarier now if the house was still standing and i went to go do it because this being seems eternal and i would just be waiting to hear her down the hallway or something yeah i would a brick i'd be so afraid if i actually heard something in the house if i stayed there eight eight 8.5 i was going to go with like a 7.5 Okay, that's fair. My second part to that two-part question, how would you feel about going into the Bell Cave? You see, that part, that bothers me. It also makes me think that maybe that's where she came from at first. Like, maybe this is where she crosses the border into our world, because this is where the Native Americans were buried. Um, There's, like, a lot of energy built up in this place, so maybe that's where she comes from. Uh, And no, I would not like going, I hate going underground. Bell Witch coming out of there, that's where she comes in this world. Very spooky. That's at least up. Not going to give it a nine. I'm going to give it like an eight, seven. We talk all the time about ley lines, but they're supposed to be underground. And this cave is literally underground. So maybe this isn't like the actual personification of where something can come across of a veil. Solid eight. If I heard shuffling, like shuffling on the dirt, just couldn't see anything. And I knew I was in the bell witch cave. Put a gun to my (laughs) temple and pull the trigger. But yeah, that's a, that's an eight. 8-7 8-7 all day in my book. The house is probably an 8-5. Would love to go in this area, though, and just check out the land, I think. That'd be a fun fun stop on the uh, Brown Brothers Tour Day America. Yeah, at like 10.30 in the morning in like July where the sun stays up 
for like 12 hours. Sure, yeah. I got a six or a Bud Light. We just walked the grounds. Perfect. Until we pass out and wake up at like 1030 at night. And there's a rabbit dog standing over you. Oh, my God. Or you're mm-hmm. like right in front of the uh, entrance of the cave. Fuck that. No, no, no. No, thank you. But yeah, so we hope you guys enjoyed our episode here on the Bell Witch. Kind of a different different topic. It's not, not all paranormal in that aspect. Something more otherworldly in this topic a little bit. This is like the first occurrence of, or that I've heard of, because it's 1820, mm-hmm. of a supernatural thing just affecting a family over years. Right, and I think this might be the first really documented poltergeist spirit type thing in America. It is very conjuring. It is very insidious. Yeah. It's it's just some, some weird entity that we know nothing about doing whatever it's doing to a family for God knows what reason, and it's scary as fuck. And it's real. <laughs> and it actually, I'm looking right now at a picture and it's like one of those, when you drive into any new town, it a little picture that um, gives you a, a little synopsis of the town. The Sleepy Hollow, the Headless Horseman Bridge has one in Sleepy Hollow. That's exactly right. Oh, but fantastic. this one just, it says the Bell Witch and it talks about it. That's how documented the case was. And that's how many people have experienced this thing. All we have is a sign that says, welcome to Connecticut. And we just got that. God. <laughs> we We just got that like six years ago. Thanks. I hate it. But yeah, no, this has got to be one of the first like well-documented cases of paranormal type things because you got to think that most of the topics we cover regarding spiritual activities doesn't happen until what the mid early 1900s, mid 1900s, which was 180 years after this happened. Yeah, so this has got to tell you, man. There there's something out there that we don't really understand um and if you're in the wrong place, wrong time with one of these entities, it's going to it's going to let you know it's there. Other than that, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you guys can give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, we will be eternally grateful to you. Also, give us that follow on Instagram. We're at Brown Brothers Haunting Hour. Post a lot of fun pictures there. Um, me and Tyler doing dumb shit. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, I'm Tyler. And I'm Ryan. And we're coming to you from the grave.